Where Ideas Launch, the podcast for the unexpected innovator. We are all incredibly creative, but maybe we've forgotten how. I've spent my career working with people from more than 150 countries, traveling the world, and experiencing cultures. And what I found? Creativity is everywhere. We've got a gargantum challenge facing us, as we need to redesign a more sustainable planet. This podcast explores modern-day innovation in the age of sustainability. I'll interview some of the most prolific thinkers, creators, and educators on their journey to create sustainable incomes and businesses. My guests and I will teach you how to be creative, create business models, and explore curiosity with the courage to level up in your career. Join me every Wednesday for a new edition of Where Ideas Launch, the podcast. Welcome to our episode. I started this podcast to give voices like the one you are about to hear today the opportunity to be heard. These are the voices of hardworking, skilled people who trade in an art and a craft that is no longer known to many. Fast, cheap fashion has created livelihoods for some, riches for few, and left the artisans with a much smaller piece of the pie. Let's get into this. Antara Chipal is the founder of Maya Weaves. This is a social enterprise with an artisan cluster of more than 200 grassroots artisans for handmade fabrics, terracotta, and hand embroidery. The work unit is located in the interior of West Bengal. Maya Weaves does hand-spun, handmade cotton, caddy, mull, linen, silk, tusa, and jamandi stoles, as well as saris, and much, much more. Antara, interestingly, is an ex-investment banker with American Express Bank turned social entrepreneur. She's championing the cause of responsible consumption and production from the UN 17 Sustainable Development Goals. Today, she shares with us her experience in a world of grassroots artisans. She says their joys and their pains, as well as their struggle. Welcome, Antara. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me over, Catherine. It's lovely to hear you. It's it's really a pleasure for me to give voices like yours an opportunity to be heard. And this is the point of this podcast, really. So I wanted to get into why is hand looming such an essential part of Bengal culture? Oh, it's hand looming essential part of Bengal culture because mostly firstly because of the ecological conditions. Uh, the soil by the uh, Bay of Bengal uh, side, I mean, the whole belt, it's very rich. And the minerals specifically, they give uh, a certain kind of cotton because of which the weaving uh, as a practice, as a livelihood started in that belt. All right. And it's, uh, I think its earliest record of sari weaving in Nadia district goes back to 15th century. And after that, it went to 16th to 18th with uh, Mughal patronage and 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 you know the the uh, the British patronage and all. So, firstly, ecological conditions, soil, and also logistics plays a played a very important part because they, it could be exported well from there. And uh, and 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 surprisingly, you that kind of cotton is not found anywhere else. You know, the kind of cotton which is grown in those beds. And after partition, after uh, partition, a uh, lot of uh, weavers who were, who, were, who were in Bangladesh, they actually switched over to this side of India. So, and they continued. Yeah, that's interesting. So that's- and so, so essentially, all of the people have a sort of tradition, sort of ancestry of weavers. 
Exactly. I mean, if you go towards those belts, I mean, a lot of it because uh, they have a tradition of tradition of weaving or hand handicraft, which I have been, which is katha, which is very typical here. So even those who are not selling, you know, they were making for their uh, daughter's wedding, for their for their for the birth of their children, for giving away uh, for, on occasions. So it's not only handloom; it was handloom and handicraft. which is popularly known as katha embroidery all over and it's beautiful so what took you away from bengal at first so you told me that you you had a an opportunity to to move and to travel and to and to right. build your career in another area what took you away from bengal and then what made you return actually my father was an engineer electrical engineer we are bengali we are uh, i'm born in bengal in fact i'm we are bengalis basically so my father was an engineer and he had a transferable job all over india so i basically did my schooling outside and uh, my graduation my post graduation my masters i mean mphil and all i did from bengal and after that as uh, luck would have it i was as i have said i am a ex banker uh, investment banker with american express bank and amex has only four to five branches who had at that point of time only four to five branches in india and i got a call from the biggest branch the central branch which is in delhi and so there was no looking back no thinking over also that was a corporate life which was a good corporate life which was calling me uh and and uh, so so i just jumped onto it and i was i had been an investment banker and it very well i mean uh, i had lot of promotions back to back and a uh, lot of increments lot of uh, everything but then after a little while you uh, i used to go travel back to calcutta bengal to meet my parents and all i all my relatives were there but when i used to come back i really could see the difference in livelihood first of all and uh, there is a there is a remarkable difference in everything in you know the way people live the way people are uh and and uh, the way people kind of i mean uh, i mean everything what could i say i mean there was a cultural shock for me and also so i thought of actually i was i started with a, of having you know having some of my identity which i never uh, like I, you can say that which i was never bothered when i was in bengal because i was in bengal with all the bengalis so uh in order to cover niche and maybe in order to give Uh, a bengali identity a more bengali identity to myself i started uh, you know leaning over to this handloom and hand embroidery which was so that was i could feel the connect to this and i could feel that this uh, this is kind of this is the way i can bridge a gap kind of thing and you know it will give uh, me some identity as a bengali right not as a corporate investment banker as a bengali and uh, i by that time i could realize i could feel my feel my love for bengal because you know i had started missing bengal staying away from it for so long all by myself because i was at that point i was staying alone and working I think i will i don't think of leaving it ever i congratulate you on your success so far it's really tremendous <laughs> to to listen to your journey because i know i know how many people you know we look at the big cities when we're growing up yes. and we think this is what we want but when we you actually know. have it we realize you know there's there's more there's more to this and there's a lot that we took for granted perhaps so today i feel proud to you know kind of uh, show my products and to tell about my things 
the things uh, of bengal to tell about the handicraft handloom people i love to speak bengali because very little people speak bengali in delhi and um, so so i mean it it just took took on from there i guess it's quite remarkable actually how how much success you've had i wanted i wanted to touch a little bit on some of the types of buyers that you have so tell us about some of the the caliber of buyer who comes to your product see i i actually what i i got i started with like one of the a listed uh, designers you know the designers whom we were like we whom we used to see on screen on the fashion weeks and i approached one of them at the very beginning and i had a thunderous response as i keep telling you they loved me i mean they called for for an appointment the very next day and that day i was sitting with one of the stalwarts of indian fashion industry what i learned from that side how to conduct business you know uh, uh, they would tell me the the kind of uh the the small small intricacies let me tell you something i mean this person i remember once i was telling about the malmal sari sari you know so he said see this malmal malmal is a good concept but as a sari you should add some weight by the salvage why because if you use a malmal sari it gets between the legs while walking and women don't like that so you should have something which adds weight by the at the edge at the salvage Okay. right so that's what he did tell me a little bit about the middlemen do you have any middlemen in your current business and mm-hmm. if not why uh i don't have any middlemen as you know i come from artisan background you know my i i founded this uh, maya weaves is actually founded by my aunt and myself and my aunt is a national award artisan and uh, i have been there since my birth so we and these people the weavers that we have they are with us for the last 15 20 years you know i my dad my mother passed away my dad is in bengal i mean they come and they stay in our house they cook and they're like a family to us you know we are uh, for the for for their marriage and every occasion we are there so they're like a family and also so there's no middleman involved firstly the middleman these middlemen who are genuinely who are ex master weavers they give employment uh, to these weavers throughout the year be it a high demand or a low demand they make sure that you know their their looms are going i went to this master weaver he he called me and i went there because uh, uh, because of i mean i just wanted to learn something and i could see no looms he said uh, i said where what happened to your looms he said uh, no my weavers are coming and the moment the weavers came in although he himself is a master weaver you know uh, the weavers came in they kind of uh, the look on their eyes when they're looking at their at a god when he was looking at at that master weavers you know they stood up and when this person took a seat like a king they they are they were sitting only after that okay right yeah. so uh, they treat they were treating him like a god and actually that was my opening you know that opened my eyes because why do they love although he has he is no he is no more weaving and he is an you can say a middleman why do they love him so much because they give throughout i mean they give their employment we they give the yarns to these weavers they whenever they say like you know they need money these are the first point of contact they go to for for you know for any any agencies or for any medical or any any mm-hmm. uh, emergencies yeah. so so that is one side of looking at it 
Yes. Also, uh, uh, also, but at the same time, I know so many. Uh, not only I would say people or group or say corporates. They work as a middleman, and you know, they charge a bomb as commission. Yes. Right. So they hike up the prices. Say I give in in some like you know I give something for ten rupees, and by the time you it reaches you, it becomes like maybe fifty x or sixty x. And trust me, I'm not exaggerating when I say sixty x. Yeah, that's right? uh, that's what I thought. That's what I thought would be the case. You know that exactly. that actually the price the the price the luma receives is so exactly. far removed from the the price the re, the the purchaser the consumer buys it at. Right, and lastly, what happens is that ultimately the weaver or the or the end artisan who was doing it he suffers. One middleman adds up adds up to more middleman. Yes. you know that is a problem yes uh, so because ultimately there is a small middleman and then there is a semi big and the big and the huge one so it adds up to that so the concept of middleman is i don't know how to take it away or something because end of the day the 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 grassroots artisan they need a market to approach they need uh, people to kind of market their things and um, then and i think uh, so that is the why but you know they are like two kinds of middlemen i would say one yes. is one are those as the good one good cop and bad cop kind of thing <laughs> uh, yes. but no, so, I, so. i completely understand that and i think right. it touches on the last question i want to ask you which is the challenges that people still face so even even when you've been able to find a situation where you have um, a middleman who is for the people so someone who for is responsible people. and considering right. you know the balance right. over time what are still right. some of the challenges that people face um in terms of being able to sustain this business so first is the decreasing demand because of you know huge expenses not because of the of the product but because of this middleman you know uh, the 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 prices increase and people lose interest you know uh, so that is one uh, because of the huge prices which is inflated prices Uh, and uh, second is working capital or financial problem you know for something if i have to do a inventory so say for me also if i do a inventory if i want to do a stockpiling for myself i need a huge capital so uh, so that is a problem so uh, in fact a lot of there is less awareness about all the funding uh, funding agencies or the government government has lot of lot of uh, you know schemes for us but uh, for the weavers also for all the, all all the artisans but there is very less knowledge about it right how to go for it you know what are the documents needed so very less knowledge about it so actually people move on to this micro or micro lending uh, houses you know uh, so actually if you go to the villages there are like micro lending uh, agencies who uh, you know lend these at a very lend these weavers or artisan at a very high interest and they collect kind of weekly interest from them they go door yes. to door to collect Uh, the interest so ultimately people fall for these agencies and uh, but they have high interest rate and you know their work ethics are also not that good yes. so working capital i would say a uh, is a is a second most uh, problem and then they have a lack of knowledge about latest designs or the correct mar- market demands which is another so i would not know maybe i know what is 
good in my area or my bengal or, or or in bengal so people don't even know what what is selling outside bengal forget about abroad within yes. india also the taste changes you know in bombay it's a different taste in delhi different so there's a lack of uh, knowledge about these you know tech market demands or latest demands and then uh, the new generation is not interested catherine i have seen uh, firstly you know it takes for a handloom handmade product it takes a lot of patience and a lot of you know number of days or more and also as i have said there's either rural employment so they they look they look for more kind of regular employment even if it is less Mm. i know a lot of people in my area you know they are doing uh, you know kind of uh, the, the 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 labor work of a carpenter or a house cleaner you know or a, or a sweeper or something but they come i have i have spoken to a lot of them they have come from the weavers family but they have left weaving and they have come to the town and cities which gives them better employment mm. right so so that is one another problem And when you say and, better what's what's better about it is it just the consistency consistency that's it yes. that is what people want you know but you know i work for 30 days and on the 31st day or on or the 32nd day i have my salary yes. right so so that is the only thing whereas uh, in when like in a in a handloom or a handmade people make it maybe like orders are not always coming in so what they make might not sell right and they might sell it for much lesser price because they have to bargain and make them understand make people understand the value of it they have to sell at a lesser price so a lot of things let's yes uh, so yeah and 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 then i would say no info about exports you know i know a lot of people they have very little info information about exports and they are very scared of export the uh, yes. the, the rules and regulation and the technicalities or the bureaucracy of export you know so many of you might want to you know buy things from them directly and you would but, but these people they uh, they they are very skeptical about export uh, yes. exports you know going in they would rather sell it to somebody at kind of less price who is standing in front of him and uh, yes. then you know have, get a good price or a good deal or a correct deal i would say it's really fascinating i'm so glad you came and you shared this story with us and i guess the one thing i'd like you to share with everyone is where you see the industry going and how can all of us support uh the industry uh, is not the industry is handloom thing is is a backbone of of i would say of any uh, growing world i guess because ultimately you have to you know you have to like i know my 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 daughter goes to the school and you know they are taught at an early stage how to save planet how to save water how to do things which i would say tech, honestly i was never taught in school when i yes. was in school yes right? so the world is going towards that and and this this the slow fashion the sustainable use of all the resources is one of the one of the important things that is going to define how our kids going to live live their lives and uh, handloom or handicraft is is the backbone of all these because you know because handloom uh, apparels are essential for us apparels and food and that we eat that are essential for our lives so these and i have seen and also after this uh, pandemic you know i have seen a thunderous response people are loving it people are wanting it i know a lot of companies which are like 100% used to use machine powerloom uh, uh products they want to you know they want to work with handloom they are 
kind of uh, sampling with handloom products and uh, people are aware people are getting close i i every day i get so many requests on my instagram although i don't have a very big you know very active on instagram or i don't have a big follower like many followers on instagram but people the kind of love people show you know they mm. want it in their lives you know the fabrics they want sometimes they want stoles scarves they want to make garments they want to use handloom and handicrafts always so i would say that i think it's a very good time and uh, and it's a uh, it's a it's a it's a booming time and what i would request this awareness that is already there because of the pandemic i hope it doesn't die away once it is all over and done and dusted people should uh, not forget that you know it can come again and uh, and 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 you know we should not think of temporary plugins but we should think of something which is a long haul yes. and uh, and we should we should use our sustainable uh, products on sustainable resources and uh, this awareness should be there you know the kind of catering i think i have never connected before pandemic uh, connected with you before pandemic but the kind of uh, response i have gotten from you and 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 there are a couple of more people so this enthusiasm this response should be there yes and uh, uh, we are always there we at the grassroots level we are always there but we need people like you to you know hold up hold us up to make our voices learn heard to people to uh, to let them know about our stories i would say thank you so much for for sharing that i think it's such an important story to share and i love what you're doing and the commitment that you have congratulations on all your success and i will thank definitely you. share about maya weaves as we go through the year <laughs> thank you so very much uh, thank you really thank you and i uh, and i must give it to you for doing such a commendable work i know you are having like lot of things to handle but then this is too good this is just applaudable thank you very much thanks for listening this podcast was brought to you today by the deepo virtual service hub the virtual service hub is our digital transformation strategy service that supports startups needing to optimize their processes and their performance to scale up for growth We also help medium-sized firms in modernizing their operations and our services include sustainable strategy, analytics and tech enablement. To find out more contact Catherine and Byam on LinkedIn.